welcome to episode one of Park It Right Here. My name is Lainey Park, and I am coming at you live from my studio, which is also known as my closet, because I have a four and a six-year-old, and they are really loud, and this is the only quiet place that I could find. Before we get started, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I have been in education for 11 years. I spent the first nine years in the classroom as a second grade, third grade, and fifth grade teacher, and I am currently in my second year as an elementary content specialist. Primarily, I work with my district's learning management system, Canvas, and I also spend time working with teachers on blended learning. Now that you know a little bit about me, I'm going to tell you why I'm even having this podcast and what it's going to be about. It all started over the summer. I went to a conference, and one of the keynote speakers was Dan Heath. Dan and his brother Chip wrote a book called The Power of Moments. I was really inspired by Dan's speech, and when I got back to work, I was talking to my boss, and he had actually also heard Dan Heath speak before. So we decided to use the book The Power of Moments during our professional learning community discussions. And the discussions we've had about the power of moments have really had a profound impact on me. The, the book is mostly about why certain experiences have an extraordinary impact. They look at why experiences can change us, can elevate us, and how we can learn to create those extraordinary moments in our lives and in our work. Our lives are variable, but our most memorable positive moments, according to Dan Heath, they're dominated by four elements, elevation, insight, pride, and connection. And they say that if we embrace these elements, we can create more moments that matter. They ask the question, what if a teacher could design a lesson that he knew his students would remember 20 years later? So the goal of my podcast is to highlight moments. When most people are asked what they remember in high school, they talk about prom, band performances, football games. They don't talk about academic moments. So my goal is to hear from teachers how they are creating academic moments in their classroom that are memorable. When we've been talking about this book, all I kept thinking over and over is, surely we don't have to recreate the wheel. There's already teachers out there that are doing amazing things and creating these amazing, memorable academic moments in their classrooms. So my goal is to talk to those teachers, hear what they're doing, and hopefully inspire other teachers to create these memorable moments in their own classrooms. So with all of that said, I am so excited to introduce you to my very first special guest, and her name is Heather Allen. Okay, welcome, Heather. How are you? I'm good, Lainey. How are you? Wonderful. And now, I know I know all about you, but for all your soon-to-be fans, tell right. us a little bit about yourself. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to condense it because you told me I couldn't talk too much. <laughs> so there's so much to tell. But I mean, basically, I'm a, um, I'm a, I grew up in the, in the county where I'm teaching now. I'm a Georgia girl who absolutely adores Longhorn chicken tenders with honey mustard sauce. That's important <laughs> to know. Just like my uh, four and six-year-old. So, of course, so you... <laughs> like sauces are like everything from Chick-fil-A. I, I know them all. I've got them all down pat. Um, I, I love teaching, but whenever I can, I love to run off to St. Simons Island or Cashiers and hike Whiteside Mountain. I'm really fond of standing out on the air and hoping I don't die, but um, I have an adventuresome soul. 
which probably works well, I think, for any teacher. I've taught pre-K and third and fifth. Um, like I said, I, I grew up in the county where I worked for years. I had the blessing of caring for my mama, who had been a teacher before she passed. And so now I kind of look at my classroom as its own special adventure in caring. <laughs> and that oh. looks different every single day. I have, yes. You know, you have days you want to pull your hair out and days when um, you feel like, you're solving the world's problems and you never know what the day is going to bring. Well, I am so excited that you agreed to be my very first special guest. I know. You are a very special person to me. So I'm glad that I was able to have you come on here with me. So fun. Um, So since this podcast is all about moments, I'm going to start with you and I want you to tell me what your most memorable academic moment was as a student yourself. What do you remember from when you were a student? I went to a fantastic elementary school and the principal would call me by name every day and I thought that was super. I thought he knew just basically me, um, but he didn't. He was actually in grad school with my mom, so that's how he knew me. But I think, you know, for me, there are so many great moments, but I'm going to tell you the one that stands out in my mind, it happened at school, but it's not academic. I was in first grade, and the point of telling it is that it informs me now as a teacher. I was talking at my friend Debbie's desk and talking and talking and talking and never heard the teacher say to stop talking, of course, until I ended up in the little bathroom where she was with another teacher. And this is back in the day of the wooden paddle. So I got a spanking for talking because I wouldn't sit down. And she was a great teacher and a dear woman who later became a principal, but I never heard what she said. And it it didn't make sense to me. And I remember that moment, not for being a bad traumatizing thing because I deserved it, but Mm. because it informs me now as a teacher. And I know when I get frustrated with a child, or when I have a classroom full of 28 different personalities, that there are 28 backgrounds that look so vastly different. And mm-hmm. I know I need to step back and take a breath sometimes before I start dealing with a situation. Because if I want to reach those children and help those children have a memorable year, I need to remember how different they all are. And they're not all going to respond the same way. And I think that's the art of teaching. That we have to remember in this testing era, we have to remember there's an art to it and embrace that. And that moment, while it was bad at the time and I deserved it, it brings real clarity and purpose to what I do every day now and how I think of my kids. Yeah, that's very wonderfully said. And it's not surprising to me that you got in trouble for talking. No, not at all. Not at all. That wooden paddle was right where it needed to be. Yeah. so moving on, kind of based off what you said there, too, um, I want you to tell me about some things that you do to create memorable academic moments for your students. I know you probably don't just have one, and I know from having taught with you before that you do a lot of really great things. Um, but what I really wanted to do was I felt like we don't need to recreate the wheel with these amazing things that teachers are doing So I want to hear from teachers and have teachers share the things that they're doing in their classrooms that are trying to create these memorable academic moments. So what are some things that you do? Yeah, I think it's really important that you recognized and said we don't need to recreate the wheel. I think too many times we're searching for something over the top and better. And those moments are great, but I think it's really simple. At the end of the day, for me, 
And I'm going to tell you in a minute some of those things specifically that are fun and over the top. But Mm -hmm. what it comes down to for me in a classroom is the moments when you capture their attention and their imagination and you make them wonder Mm -hmm. beyond themselves, beyond their town, beyond even their families into their future. And for me, that comes from reading aloud, which I do dramatically. I always start the fifth grade year with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I can tie a standard in any subject to any book. I actually have fun doing that. And I know that seems so simple, and people would say, that's not exciting. But honestly, that's the most exciting and in-depth thing you can do, especially with fifth graders, because they're curious. They're at that point academically and emotionally and socially where they're wondering about everything. Mm -hmm. So the rich discussions that come from that are profound and deep and real. And I think can sometimes change their lives and the way they think and see things. But to be specific, you know, we can be having math one day and we stand in our chairs and sing multiplication songs Mm -hmm. or we you know we we look beyond the obvious and we try to question things outside the box and wonder not just what is this standard but why is it important and who chose this for me and what does this mean to me as a fifth grader sitting right here Uh, so those are just a few of the specifics but I think that really when it gets down to it literature and reading aloud to your students even in this day and age when all teachers are just held to a testing standard and we feel crunched and constrained for time. We can't let that go because that's at the heart and soul of so many academic and beautiful moments in childhood. Yeah, no, I agree. And even I think about when I was in the classroom and even as a student myself, those are things I remember. I remember my teacher reading aloud to me. Um, I mean, I definitely think you're exactly right. Um, and also to kind of piggyback on what you said too, um, and we've talked about this based on the book that I've been reading and my PLC, one of the ways memorable moments are created are through moments of insight. And so you kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, but how do you push or encourage your students to stretch themselves so that they gain insight and, and become better and become better academically and become better people? We have really rich discussions in here about reflection, and we have discussions about making meaning and metacognition, where we have to figure out and construct meaning for ourselves. I don't just want to spoon feed them. There are times when you need to do that, but they need to go beyond all of those areas and start to think for themselves. And I kind of use an analogy of a swimming pool from the first day of school. I explained to them that pretty much up until they've walked into Miss Allen's room, and gotten to fifth grade, they've been swimming along the surface, which is what they're supposed to do. And that's good. They're supposed to learn to put their face in and blow bubbles and turn their head and do the front crawl. And then I explained that now it's time to go to the bottom of the pool and reach for those diving rings that are at the bottom underneath the diving board. And they look at me, you know, like I'm nuts, which they Mm -hmm. always do the first, I don't know, they still do that. It's part (laughs) of my charm. But (laughs) anyway, I say, you know what, here's the deal. You're going to learn to dive to the bottom. You're going to take a breath and go down to where you haven't gone before. And it's deep. And we're going to go deep down. And if you don't want to go on your own, I'm going to push you. I'm not going to let you drown. I will bring you back up for air. Mm -hmm. But you're going to learn to go to the bottom of the pool. You're going to learn that you need to ask the questions. Because you've got that brain in your head and that little soul and that heart. And you matter. And what you become matters. And sitting here right now is so important and beautiful. So we have questions where we really stop and analyze what we're doing and we try to think deeply about what we're doing so we're not just 
being told, but we're constructing meaning on our own. And then for me, having them be able to write about it and express Mm -hmm. their thoughts uh, is extremely important. They need to make those connections in fifth grade is a valuable time to start really pushing them to the bottom of the school to do that. Well, that is wonderful and very beautifully said, Heather. Um, I do, I'm going to push you a little bit on um, the writing aspect of it. Um, tell me, cause, and I only ask you this just cause I know how gifted of a writing teacher you are and a writer yourself. Um, how do you, like what, tell me about your, um, the encouragement, I guess, that you give your kids or the constructive criticism that you give them with their writing. How, how do you have like specific ways that you encourage your students to stretch themselves with their writing based on you being such a great and gifted writer yourself? Well, that's sweet of you. I don't feel that way, but I appreciate it. I feel like I first have to give them freedom mm-hmm. and be, and as a, in addition to giving them freedom, I have to help them create that sense of self and that sense of wonder about the world around them and their own personal uh, being and give them that space to make mistakes and to fail and to grow. That said, mm-hmm. I also am very sure and the craft of writing because it's a craft. And I explained that there are templates and there are, you know, hamburger models and Oreo models and mm-hmm. octopus models and five paragraph essay. There are those models and they matter. I said, because, you know, if I were going to build my dream beach house on St. Simon's, I'm going to have to start with a blueprint and have a structure. And every house has to have a foundation and it's got to have the wooden beams inside and the sheetrock and all the great things. And then the artistry of writing where the true freedom comes in is when you get to decorate the house and you get to decide what goes in it. But Mm -hmm. you cannot decorate and make the house pretty and beautiful until you have a firm foundation. So I think that understanding that writing is both a solid craft with rules, such as grammar and foundational structure Mm -hmm. of um, writing pieces themselves, as well as this beautiful, incredible art. I tell them from day one that that pencil in their hand is like an artist's paintbrush. And it is the most powerful tool known to man. Because what you write with your words can make or break someone. And that that is so incredibly powerful. And they hold that power. And that that's ultimately why we're sitting here learning to read, learning all of these subjects that are fascinating. So we can make meaning, so we can speak, so we can write. It's it's it's, it's what we do here in civilization is, you know, the way I explain it. But um, I hope they leave knowing that they have that freedom to make those mistakes and they have the freedom to wonder. Um, as they grow and let their minds start to make decisions and discover things on their own and to search for the beauty that's all around. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Heather. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share before I get to a little fun piece before we... No, no, um, let's do fun. All fun now. No more serious. Um, All fun. Okay. Do tell me your social media information. (laughs) Do you have anything where we can have people follow you to hear the amazing things that you're doing? um, So Facebook is just Heather Allen, but... (laughs) So I totally had a Heather Allen myself on Facebook to see who else was out there. So yeah, I'm the girl in the black dress with a normal-ish smile. I am not the bikini girl. There is a Heather Allen in a bikini. And let me tell you, if I looked like that in a bikini, I probably would be doing something else. Something legal and highly moral. But I mean, maybe a trophy wife to a nice man who loves Jesus and makes me laugh. 
but that's not me. I'm just the normal looking school teacher, Heather Allen. Okay. <laughs> now you have a teacher Instagram too, right? I do. Well, it's, it's my, yeah, it's ham, um, ham. What is that? A slash an underscore, whatever that bar underscore. thing is at the bottom. Yeah. Underscore <laughs> ham underscore Heather, because Instagram is ham, which kind of fits. So, yes, ham is your yeah. initials. That's right. Right. <laughs> okay. So, really quick, before I let you go, I have some really random, like rapid fire questions to ask okay. you. You just got to kind of answer. I didn't send you these ahead of time, so oh, you're fine. just gonna have to come up with them your uh, on the fly. Okay. Which is very much like me. Okay. Um, okay. How long would you survive a zombie apocalypse? I think I would die instantly or I would be the last person left on the planet. And I'm going with last person left on the planet because if they think they're going to take me down, they're going down first. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, are you a Harry Potter fan? I, I haven't read them all, but yes, oh, okay. I know, well, but which, I am. Which Hogwarts house would you be sorted into? Oh, my gosh. I knew this. And it was two of them. Oh, okay. Uh, was it what, Did you take an online quiz? I did. <laughs> Somebody did it for me, and then oh, I did it. It's Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff Ravenclaw, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, this is a good one for you. If you could grow up in any decade, which would you choose? Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. Probably the 1940s. I think there's such a romance to that decade, and it's also horrible because that was World War II. Um, <laughs> but, okay, here's why. You want to know? Okay. okay. The 30s, 40s unusual i really love the tv show the waltons and oh, okay and hair which is totally superficial because of the horrors of world war ii but um i think i like the slower time period and i like the beauty of family and home and all yeah the 40s. okay all right um what is your spirit animal <laughs> the sugar plum fairy from the nutcracker which animal? is not technically an animal <laughs> We'll, we'll accept it. But um, the Sugar Plum Fairy from the Nut. Tell me a song you know all the lyrics to. Body Like a Back Road. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, is cereal soup? It's, um, it should never be because you should eat it while it's still crunchy before it gets too soggy, which would make it soup-like. So the goal is to immediately pour your milk and begin eating as fast as you can before it gets soggy and soupy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all no. right, got two more. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely, but you only put mustard on a hot dog and relish, no ketchup. <laughs> Would you rather have lobster claws for hands or a snake tongue? I think um, claws, nothing to do with snakes, should ever be in my presence. Lo lobster claws for hands. <laughs> oh, lobster okay. claws. I want lobster claws. Okay, all right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing and... <laughs> Um, your students are very, very lucky to have you as a teacher and, well, you're um, sweet. and I know you're going to give some people some inspiration and some ideas. And if they're not reading aloud in their classroom, I think they're going to, and do it dramatically that. with passion and love. Yes. Well, is Absolutely. there anything else you'd like to share? No, except I'm really looking forward to Thanksgiving break and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm going to try to make it on the float with Santa. Ooh, so that's awesome. I forgot you're going to New I York. know. So, you awesome. know, we'll see how that goes. Okay. But, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to look for you on TV. Do. I'll be waving <laughs> okay. on the float. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Park It Right Here. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Park It Pod and on Instagram at Park It Right Here Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss episode two where I will have another special guest. See you next time.